Father Mitch Pack, and welcome to our 2023 EWTN Live Christmas Special. This year, we wanted to continue our focus on the corporal work of mercy of visiting those in prison. We started doing this last year by doing our show inside the Mark Stiles Unit Men's Prison in Beaumont, Texas. If you missed it, you can see that show on our YouTube channel by going to youtube.com slash EWTN. This year, we wanted to share our program with female inmates. So we traveled to Gatesville, Texas, to the Dr. Lane Murray Unit Women's Prison. We celebrated Mass there, which you'll see portions of tonight. And we were joined once again by composer and pianist Eric Genrus and three other very talented performers. So sit back and enjoy portions of Holy Mass from the Chapel of Hope inside the Dr. Lane Murray Unit, Women's Prison, and some beautiful music from Eric Genrus and his musicians. Merry Christmas to you all. I'm Father Mitch Pacwa from Eternal Word Television, and it's a great privilege to be with you here today. I have this cane because I broke my leg, but in case the deacons get out of hand, this is also convenient. <laughs> Means you. <Very> nice. <laughs> so let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
the grace and peace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who while the Blessed Virgin Mary was carrying your son in her womb, inspired her to visit Elizabeth, grant us, we pray, that faithful to the promptings of the Spirit, we may magnify your greatness with the Virgin Mary at all times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Micah. Thus says the Lord, you, Bethlehem, Iprathah, too small to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient times. Therefore the Lord will give them up until the time when she who is to give birth has born, and the rest of his kindred shall return to the children of Israel. He shall stand firm and shepherd his flock, by the strength of the Lord, in the majestic name of the Lord his God, and they shall remain, for now his greatness shall reach to the ends of the earth. He shall be peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I chose to use these readings from, especially from Luke, because it's the most important meeting of two pregnant women in the history of the world. And there's something very interesting about this meeting. For one woman, age, was no factor.
For the other woman, men were no factor. <laughs> Thought you might like that. <laughs> if you read the earlier part of this chapter, you would see that Elizabeth was already past the time of having children. That happens with, with all women, that she couldn't have it by nature anymore. So age was no factor. In the case of the Blessed Virgin Mary, she becomes pregnant and there's no man involved. For both of them, they see that all things are possible with God. Time doesn't matter. Men don't matter. God matters. And this brings a number of things that are very important. I would just you know, my own field is to study scripture. That's what I did my work in. And there's something about this section of the Gospel of St. Luke that's worth just bringing out a bit more. St. Luke was a doctor. In fact, when you read his Gospel in Greek, you see some things that point to it. For instance, uh, when remember the story when Jesus said to the man, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Remember that? Well, in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, it's a sewing needle. In the Gospel of St. Luke, he uses the word meaning surgical needle. St. Matthew and, and St. Mark were accustomed to sewing clothes. St. Luke sewed up people because they had, they had ways of putting stitches in and such, just like we do. So, uh, and there are a few other things about him being a doctor. For another time when um, there was a woman with a hemorrhage for 12 years and it said that in the Gospel of Mark, she went to the doctors, spent all of her money, and they only made her worse. St. Luke, being a doctor, says, well, she went to the doctors, but they just couldn't do anything. <laughs> He's covering for his own profession. But as a doctor, when you read, again, when you read him in Greek, he writes in the best Greek of the New Testament. He's an educated man. He knew classical books. He knew the right forms of grammar. It's all really excellent, except for the first and second chapter. Now, how many of you have, some of you might be from other countries. How many from other countries? How many of you have grandparents from other countries? And when you hear, especially if you were born here and you know English, you start to pick up that they don't speak English quite like it's supposed to be. <laughs> my 
my grandparents came from Poland and, and Russia. And they talk it like this. It's not so good. And, uh, and I used to, I still do imitate them. But, because they, they were funny. In this section, he writes as if he's sounding like a foreigner. Why? Because he is not writing this on his own. He's taking something that was already written in a different language called Aramaic, and he translated it into Greek. And it's funny Greek. It's not good. He writes here the way my grandparents speak English. Whereas everywhere else, he sounds like a Harvard professor. So this was something that he already had, and he translated into Greek for us. Where did he get it from? Who's the only witness to these stories? A woman. The Blessed Virgin Mary was the only one alive who knew Zechariah and Elizabeth and was at the birth of John the Baptist. She's the only one still alive, and her native language was Aramaic. So she either wrote it or she got one of the apostles to write it down for her, but it's her story. And it's her story about how age doesn't matter, men don't matter, but all things are possible with God. And she knew that even more intimately than Elizabeth. In the Old Testament, you see a number of women who had trouble having babies. Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Rebecca the wife of Isaac, and Rachel, the beloved wife of Jacob, and also the mother of Samson, and the mother of the prophet Samuel. Their stories are told and you know, that only after it was about time to stop having babies, except for Sarah, who was 90. That's way after time. But... She, they all had babies because all things are possible with God. But Mary did something even far beyond that. She has a baby with no man. Now, this is extremely important for understanding her. Do you remember when Adam and Eve committed sin and the Lord God said, who told you you were naked? You've been eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that I told you not to eat. By the way, the Bible doesn't say it's an apple tree. It's the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They knew the difference. They're only supposed to know good. They chose to know both. To know both. And typical, Adam says, well, the woman who you put here, she gave it to me to eat. And she said, well, the, the serpent, he tricked me. Everybody's blaming everybody else. And the serpent has nobody else to look at. And the Lord curses him and says, 
I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now, this is something odd. Because seed is not what a woman contributes to having a baby. That's what the man contributes. And even there, the word in Greek is sperma. That's what a man can. So how can this be? Well, it can be in the womb of the Virgin Mary. There's no man and his seed present. It is all from her and from God because he creates the possibility that it would be a boy child. Yeah, the XY chromosome. That's a miracle of God. And it's her seed that will crush the head of the serpent. You will bite at his heel and he will crush your head. This battle between good and evil will be won by the seed of the woman. And that has just occurred in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And Elizabeth, who again was way past her time for having children, they meet. Why did they meet? The angel Gabriel had told Our Lady that Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. And he said to her, nothing is impossible with God. And she goes immediately, and that word immediately is right there. She immediately goes to meet her kinswoman. And the Holy Spirit has his sparks flying. First of all, I've been to the place, I've been to Israel many times. And at the church built over the place where they met, there's a well. And the well is from the time of Christ. It's very ancient. And they made this painting. And you see Elizabeth and Mary reaching their arms out toward each other. But then poor Elizabeth is bent over like this. Because it's a way for the artist to show that baby John the Baptist is jumping up and down inside. The Holy Spirit is working in Elizabeth and even in her baby at six months. Those of you who have had babies, you know they start turning around and such by then. Well, this one's jumping. And the word they use for that, skortidze in Greek, means, uh, I don't know if you ever see sheep. When sheep get excited, all four legs come <laughs> off the ground. That's the word they're using for John the Baptist. It's not just like he's rolling around like most babies do. No, it's like all four legs come off the ground. He's at that filled with the Holy Spirit and is popping up inside of her. So that's why the, the artist is portrayed her as bent over with that. And the power of the Holy Spirit works through Elizabeth to proclaim three beatitudes. Three beatitudes come out of her mouth by the power of the Holy Spirit. First beatitude, 
Blessed are you among women. Now again, remember I said this was written originally in Aramaic. I know this is a little odd, but I'm going to give you some grammar. Aramaic grammar. In Aramaic and Hebrew, you cannot say, they don't have a word for most. It doesn't exist. They don't have a word for more. It's not there. But they had the idea, how would they say that you are better than I am? They would say, inti tova mimeni. You are good from me. That's how they say it. That's how it means. It means you are better than I am. But you are good from me. How would I want to say you're the best one here? You are good among everybody. You are good among us. What Elizabeth is saying in this form, and St. Luke just translates it like he found it, you are the best woman ever. Even better than our mother Eve. Our mother Eve was made by God without original sin. She was without sin. But she later on fell. She listened to the serpent. Holy Mary is better even than Eve. She's the most blessed of all women because she has no sin when she's created at her conception and she never falls into it. This is why we say that she's without sin and how important that is that Jesus would not want to come into the womb of a mother who is going to be kind of sinful and neurotic. All right, you're the son of God. Show the people a nice miracle. Make your mother proud. <laughs> no, he, no, 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 no. He's not looking for that. God comes into the womb of someone who is humble and straightforward and honest and good. That's where he wants, that's his home. In fact, so often we like to say that she was so good, it's as if he were conceived in a womb that is paradise. This is like the new paradise inside of a, the Blessed Mary. And her goodness is there. So that's the first beatitude. Blessed are you among women. You're the most blessed woman there ever was or will be. And I hate to say it for myself, but the men aren't even in contention. <laughs> then the second beatitude. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. So that the baby inside of her, and she, Elizabeth, I mean... Again, she, Mary became pregnant just a few days before this, maybe four or five days, no more. And you know, if a woman is pregnant for only four or five days, you can't tell. She's not going to show that she has a baby yet, right? But she knows. 
by the Holy Spirit. And she not only knows that Mary is carrying a child, but she knows who that child is. She says, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The focus is on the fact that the blessed fruit of her womb is also her Lord, Jesus Christ. And by the Holy Spirit, she recognized. And this is something that all of us have to have an understanding. First, we recognize who Jesus Christ is. Secondly, even though, and this is a little step further, but even though we may not actually see Jesus in somebody else, we can have an act of faith that some of the people around us who don't necessarily show a lot of Jesus, still, they are loved by him, and he may dwell in their hearts. Maybe he hasn't taken over completely. <laughs> you know, the, the, we're all sinners here, and sometimes we block out Jesus even more than Our Lady would have blocked out his presence. I and mean, Again, Elizabeth couldn't see him. We block him out sometimes by the way we act. But like Our Lady, or excuse me, like Elizabeth, we make that act of faith to recognize Jesus and the people around us. This is key. And then the third beatitude, the third beatitude, blessed is she who believed everything that the Father had told her. Blessed is she who believed every word God had said to her. Our Lady believed that she was going to have a baby already. She couldn't see it either. In four, three, four days, she would not have any physical evidence that she was going to have a baby yet. But she made that four or five day trip to southern Israel from Nazareth because she believed. And because she trusted that as a virgin, she could still have a baby. She trusted that. There'd be nothing in nature to say that this is going to happen. She believed every word God spoke to her. And this is also for us, every one of us. Because later on in the same gospel, chapter 11, a woman that was in the crowd with Jesus shouted out loud, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. What does Jesus say? No, rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That can apply to every single one. It applies to Our Lady. She heard the word of God. She kept it. She got that beatitude. Blessed is she who believed what God had said to her. But we also can share in that same beatitude. Every one of us, as we listen to the word of God, read the sacred scriptures and say, Lord, 
I don't know exactly how this applies to you, but I'm going to believe your word. And I am going to believe that you are speaking to me as I read these words, as I hear these words spoken here in church. When the, those words are true. And in this faith, each one of us then can grow in a type of hope to say, this isn't always a world that has the best reality for me. All of you here know this is not necessarily the funnest world. It's not always a world without pain. And Elizabeth and Mary would learn that. Nine months after this, soldiers would come looking for both of their babies. And Elizabeth's husband would be killed by them, trying to protect his son, John the Baptist. And Mary would have to go off to Egypt and hide out for probably a couple of years. And it wasn't easy for them. This world is not the nicest, easiest, safest place to be. But it's where we are. And as we believe the word that God speaks to us, he gives us hope that as we pass through this world and do the best we can within it, that he will be able to do things we can't see. Because just like with Elizabeth and with Mary, all things are possible to God and that eventually leads not only to being out here, but eventually to seeing God face to face, getting to know Mary and Elizabeth, seeing Jesus our Lord, and all the angels and saints, all of that will be what God makes possible because nothing is impossible to God.
I hope you enjoyed my homily on the visitation of Mary and Elizabeth. I felt it was a very appropriate one given the location and the Christmas season. And what an honor it was to bring the Eucharist to those women. Now we want to give you a little taste of the music of Eric Genovese, who travels around the country performing at all kinds of correctional facilities from death row to youth detention houses, helping those who are outcast and quite frequently forgotten to reclaim a sense of dignity, personhood, and beauty. <laughs> Ladies, it is such an honor to be here with you. We're going to have a memorable night. I'm going to talk about my work, but before I do, we're going to get right into the music. I just have just a couple of things. Number one is that nobody's paying me to be here. I am here because I want to be here. Okay? I can't think of a more worthwhile thing to come and to spend two hours with you and with excellence up here on the stage. These three young ladies, our violinist, cellist, and our vocalist who will come up soon, they can solo anywhere in the world. So these aren't good musicians, they are phenomenal. And it brings me such awesome honor and joy to present the music to you this evening performed by them. All the works you're gonna hear today are pieces that I've composed. If you like them, and if you don't like them, she composed them, okay? Okay. Ladies, this first piece is a piano, violin, cello trio. This is called Rebellion.
Thank you, friends. This next piece is Hero. And I wrote this piece, Hero, after one of my heroes, who's a girl in a youth prison in Ohio, 15 years old. So she wrote me a letter, Dear Eric, I feel compelled to tell you about my life. And then I read a horror story about her life. And then at the end, she said, I've had a lot happen to me. That's an understatement. And then she went on to say, but I know I meant to live a higher life. I love that. She didn't say, I deserve a better life. She didn't say, I'm entitled to a higher life. She said, I know I must live a higher life. I'm meant to live a higher life. We're all meant to. I have a beautiful daughter with Down syndrome. My daughter will never be beyond, you know, 10 years old mentally. The joke in my home is that when we're empty nesters, the three of us are going to have a ball. <laughs> because it's just, that's just reality. She's meant to live a higher life. Every day, we just keep getting better. Oh, but I keep messing up. Keep going. Okay, so this piece, friends, is hero.
We hope you enjoyed this EWTN Live Christmas special from the Chapel of Hope at the Dr. Lane Murray Unit Women's Prison in Gatesville, Texas, with portions from the Mass and a sampling of the music of Eric Jenner's. Next week, in part two of our Christmas special, we'll bring you more beautiful music from Eric Jenner's, violinist Eva Dove, cellist Molly Aronson, and vocalist Tiffany Holt. Next week, we'll bring you more music and ministry from Eric Jenner's to the female inmates at Lane Murray in part two of our EWTN Live Christmas special. And if you haven't considered participating in prison ministry before, start praying about it and ask our Lord how you might be able to lend a hand to this very important corporal work of mercy that frequently becomes a spiritual work of mercy too. You can find out more by going to MaryMagdalenePrisonMinistry.org or to ColbyPrisonMinistries.org. And you'll also find out more about Eric Genuis' work at EricGenuis.com slash Concerts for Hope. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you and your families, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.